You, you ever felt like somebody was out to get you? You ever, you ever had those seasons of life where it's like you just had one bad thing after another? And, and I mean, it just, the only explanation is, I mean, there, there's, the, the, this is more than just chance. This is more than some sort of a bad luck, right? Chance don't mean to call you bad luck, but whatever. That's kind of the way it came out. But, but this, you, you ever have moments like that? Do you ever have seasons of your life like that? You, you think about what, about what Peter tells us, that, that the devil is that roaring lion who's looking whom he, for, for the ones that he may devour. I mean, does that just make us a little bit uncomfortable to think about? But it's true, isn't it? That, that there's, this, there's this being, there's this very powerful being that's out to get you. That's out to not only mess up your life, but out to, to mess up your eternity. To, to keep you away from God and, and ultimately that is well, working, working for your downfall. Working for your spiritual downfall. You know, there are those moments in life that, well, they just, they're hard on us spiritually. There are a lot of physical things that are hard on us spiritually. And we come to those crossroads and we have to decide, okay, who am I going to be? What am I going to be? How are we going to respond to these things? I think of some of the, I don't know, I guess you could call them heroes of the faith or major characters throughout the Bible, but... I'm just wondering about like uh, maybe like Adam and Eve when, when, when they've been expelled from the garden. I mean, what's got to be going through your mind? Everything in your life just changed. I think about David, right? When, when, when Nathan comes and he says, you are the man. I mean, when, when he's sitting there and he's grieving and, and his own child is about to die because of his sin. You think that was a bad day? You, you, you think that was a bad season of life? Well, we, we could kind of go on and on, right? Of, of struggles that come upon us. We dealt last week with, with Paul's thorn in the flesh. And, and whatever that thing was, it was something that was, man, this is something that's on my mind. Most of you know what we're talking about. Most of you have gone through or or maybe you are going through the, these seasons of life where, wow, it just seems like there's a lot of stuff fighting against you. There, there's a lot of stuff that's really hard to bear and difficult to overcome. And, and maybe it has something to do with your family or maybe it has something to do with work or your finances. Maybe, you know what, maybe it just has to do with, with, with your emotional state and the blues and... Uh, Maybe it has something to do with, with, with a physical issue that, that you're facing. I don't know what it is, but, but in those moments, it's easy for us to just kind of feel overwhelmed. And in that moment, and in that moment, those things will, will either turn to be great blessings in our life or they'll turn out to be great curses in our life. And our response is what's, going to, is what's largely going to, to determine that. See, it's in those moments, and, and however you want to think about this, it's in those moments that we think about the devil doing his worst in our lives that I want us to think about God. I want us to think about a God who is there and about a God who protects us just as certainly as the Bible teaches us that Satan is real and that Satan is working against us. And that's kind of a scary proposition. 
I want us to just as certainly know that there is a God who's working for us, who's protecting us from the very worst that, that, that the devil has to offer. Ben read for us this morning just, just a, very, a very short verse from 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5 where, where Peter is talking about our salvation. And, and, and he, comes, he comes to talk about that Christian life and ultimately he says this, speaking of, of Christians, who are protected by the power of God. Some of your Bibles may say, who are, who are kept. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. This idea that every single one of us, we're on a journey. And, and the end goal of that journey is eternal salvation. The end goal of that, of that journey is to be in heaven with our God for all of eternity. That, that's the success at the end of the journey. Can you imagine what it, what it, what it would be like if the journey was never completed? Yeah, I, I, for some, I'm thinking of these, these great epic stories and some of my favorite movies of all time. I love the Lord of the Rings movies. I don't know if you've watched those or not. If you haven't, you should probably go and watch them. But, but it's, it's like this three-part trilogy, and they're going on a trip. And, and at the end, I mean, the whole thing comes to a culmination when they get to the, the fires of Mordor and they throw this ring in, into these fires. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you are completely lost at this moment. But, but to understand, that's the culmination. And I wonder what in the world that, that, that movie or that series of movies would have been like if, if they just didn't make the third movie. I mean, I went to go see that thing when Shelly and I were, we, we'd been married for a little while, and I didn't, I, I've not, I'm not cultured, okay? I'd never read Lord of the Rings, and I didn't know that was a to-be-continued thing. And I'm sitting there three hours in, waiting for a culmination, and then we'll see you next year. I'm going to tell you, if they hadn't made the second and third movies, I would be picketing, right? I'd be writing the letters. We, I mean, th this is incomplete. If we don't finish the story, if we don't make it to be with God for all of eternity, then, then, it, th then there's something missing in the story. That's not, that's not a, a, a satisfactory ending. Now, there are many, many movies that get made that never get finished. And unfortunately, there are many, many souls who start out on a journey unto, unto, unto eternal salvation that never come to their completion. You know that. We grieve about those things. But we can't let those things be us and to understand we are on a journey to our day of salvation. And this is the whole reason I'm talking about this. I'm not on that journey by myself. It's not me going out there having to, having to just you know, Wes against Satan, and I understand what the Bible says about, about resisting him, and he will flee from you, but, but I'm not out there by myself. To understand that God has a role in my life, a role, a role of protection, a role that, that will show us a better way, a role that will provide us a way of escape, Jude said it like this in Jude 24, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless and with great joy. And, and 
that, that doesn't mean that you somehow become a puppet or, or that God is going is to force you to be righteous if you don't want to be righteous. But, but what, listen to what it does mean. It means that you're not doing this by yourself. Because you will be overcome if you try to do it by yourself. We've all tried that. He says, I want you to know that you don't walk alone. And not only do you not walk alone, the very creator of all the universe is right there in the middle of whatever trial, of whatever difficulty, of whatever thing Satan is doing in your life. That God who saves, that God who protects, that God who walks with us. We serve a God who protects us from trials and temptations. Most of us might think that's a little bit of a humorous statement. He protects us from trials and tribulations because most of us are sitting here and we're thinking, well, well, I think he missed one. Or he missed a dozen. Or he missed more than that because I seem to have a lot of trials and tribulations. No doubt in this life we will have trials and tribulations. Those who think that the Bible teaches that if you follow Christ that all your problems go away, the Bible doesn't promise that. The Bible promises the exact opposite of that. You will have these things. But even as I understand that, to know that, that these things are limited. That these things are limited. I think, about what, I think about what Satan said to God in Job chapter 1. You know Job is the greatest sufferer, I guess, in the history of the world outside of Christ. I mean, that's sort of why he's that great example. Because for whatever trials and tribulations I've experienced and that you've experienced, and they may be really bad, but I don't know anybody who, who has suffered exactly like Job. But Satan says to God, you have made a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side. And when you begin to read those first two chapters of Job, you have this, this amazing picture of how God limits Satan. That roaring lion who is there ready to devour, ready to pounce, ready to condemn you, ready to steal your soul. That, that, that we have a God who says, not so fast. You can only do what I allow you to do. You can't go and, you, and strike Job dead. There was, a time, there was a time when God wouldn't allow Job to, uh, wouldn't allow Satan to, to strike Job physically. You can take his money, you can affect his family, you can affect his prestige, but, but you leave his body alone. And then when Satan did do those things, it was only because God allowed him to do it. We, we looked at that thorn in the flesh that, that, that Paul talks about as coming from Satan, but also coming from God. Satan, the one, the one who would overcome, and God says, only to a point. I don't always know where that point is, but I'm grateful that there's a point. I'm grateful to know when I think I can't bear it, that there is a God who believes that I can bear it. There is a God who protects me. There is a God that if Satan wants to get to me, he's got to go through that God first. Don't I need to know that? When I'm struggling and I'm saying, where is God? God says, I am right here. Isn't that what Job needed to know? Isn't that what Job did know? The Lord giveth 
the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Not this, not this simplistic theology that, well, you know, good things come from God and bad things come from Satan. And, and his theology was deeper than that. He understood that God is in control of everything. And Satan doesn't do a thing in this world that he doesn't do but with the permission of God himself. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you had incredible power in this world, but every time you wanted to do something, you had to go and ask someone's permission? Just that reminder. Oh, you're incredibly powerful, but only because I let you be powerful. And one day... Because I've reminded you of this every moment of every day for all of creation. And one day, I'm going to say no, and I'm going, and I'm going to cast you in that, into that eternal fire. Because I'm bigger than you, and I'm stronger than you. I always have been, I always will be. That, that's the life of Satan, who wreaks havoc in our lives in the meantime, but, only, but runs against God, who protects us from trials and temptations. Say it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10 of a God who is faithful. Don't we need to know that? When we think, God, uh, uh, what about the promises? Have you forgotten about me? No, God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also that you may be able to endure it. Once again, sometimes I don't understand. I don't understand why God allows what God allows, but, but I know that He's in control of that situation. And I know that He's not putting me in hopeless situations. I need to be reminded of that. That there is, there is a right way. There is a righteous way. He doesn't say that there's always an easy way. He said that there is a way. I think about students who, who would come to their teacher and, and complain because, well, well you, you know, you, you, you need to help us. You need to do this. You need to do that. And, and what they're really saying is sometimes the same thing that we say in life is that, well, you just need to give me a grade. You just need to give me a good grade. No, I'm giving you an opportunity, right? You need to acknowledge that. That's the same thing that we deal with with God. Sometimes we look at God and say, God, you need to make all my problems go away. And God says, I'm giving you a path. Will you walk with me? Will you walk with me? That protection that to, the, to the church at Sardis, to the church at Sardis, Jesus would say, because you have kept the word of, of my perseverance, I will also keep you from the, from the hour of testing, and that hour which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell upon the earth. Once again, I don't understand everything in the mind of God, but to understand that because they had kept His Word, because they had walked with Him, that it impacted the choices about what He allowed them to endure or not endure in the future. I don't know about you guys, but I'm... I, I'm thinking I would like to limit all the hour of testing that I can going forward. How do I do that? Well, at least in principle here, we do that by, by being faithful today. That God who protects us from trials and temptations. That God who walks with us. Now, I'm not much into poetry. 
but, but there's, there's a poem, you've all heard it. I guess you could call it a classic. I don't really know how old it is. It's probably as old as me because I've heard it all my life. But, but it's that poem, that footprints in the sand. I think when I was in second or third grade, it was on a poster uh, in Mrs. Britt's classroom. Maybe the first time I saw this. But I've come to understand it means a lot more than I thought it meant in second grade. You, you know the poem. One night I dreamed as I was walking along the beach with the Lord. And many scenes from my life flashed across the sky. And in each scene I noticed footprints in the sand. And sometimes there were two sets of footprints. And other times there was one set of footprints. And this bothered me because I noticed, I noticed that during the low periods of my life when I was suffering from anguish, sorrow, or defeat, I could only see one set of footprints. So I said to the Lord, you promised me, Lord, that if I followed you, you would walk with me. But, but I noticed that during my most trying periods of life, there have only been one set of footprints in the sand. Why? When I needed you most, you have not been there for me. And the Lord replied, the times when you have seen only one set of footprints is when I carried you. That's just powerful, isn't it? Isn't that essentially, isn't that essentially what the psalmist says in the 23rd Psalm? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He's not saying there are no valleys. He's not saying there are no difficulties. He says, I will be with you. Jesus would give, he would give the Great Commission in Matthew 28 and verse, verse 20. But after he gave the most challenging commission, the most challenging goal that he's ever given in the history of the world, what does he say? And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Do we believe that? Do we depend upon that? That our God will not only walk with us, but that He is so great that He will take the struggles of this life and He will even use them for His glory and for His good and to help us grow and to help us mature. The God who, well, He taught Paul humility through that thorn in the flesh. He saved a nation through the, through the trials of Joseph. What's God going to do with our mess? What's God going to do in our life? I, I, I'm going to tell you, and there have been many moments of my life I didn't know what the answer to that question was. I didn't see any good coming out of these things. Can we all relate to that? This just seems to be bad. And I feel very alone. It's in that moment that God says, I want you to know that I am here and that I am working. It's not just Satan who's out there working. I am here and I am working and I always win. For we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. That's the God that we serve. Now, now this sounds like a, a really good thing, but one more point. We have to understand about this protection of God, this God who saves for all the wonderful and amazing things that I can and will say about, about God, I understand that I must accept it. And you say, well, 
Well, why wouldn't you accept God's protection, right? Why wouldn't you accept, you know, that God would work and provide in our life? Well, you're right, it doesn't make much sense. But there are a lot of people, there are more people who who reject His, His provision than there are those who accept it. I think about later in Jesus' life when everything is coming to a culmination and He's about to go to Jerusalem and He knows when He goes to Jerusalem that those people that are there, that those, those Jewish people are going, to, are going to beat Him and that they're going to spit upon Him and mock Him and crucify Him. And, and He stands there looking out over the city and, and, and he, says, he says this in Matthew 23 and verse 37, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together the way that a hen gathers her chicks under her wing. And you were unwilling. I wanted you. I wanted to bless you. I wanted wanted to care for you. I wanted to provide you. I wanted to protect you. But you were unwilling. How different would the history of God's people be if there were no captivity? You know, a great deal of the Old Testament, a great deal of the Old Testament is taken up by the Assyrian captivity and the Babylonian captivity. Do you know why that, why that happened? It happened because the people said, we don't need to listen to God. We're going to live... We're going to live the way that we want to live. We're going to worship the way that we want to live. We're going to serve the way that we want to live. God said, I will be your God, and you will be my people. And if I could paraphrase what the nation said, no thank you. Not that we don't like the blessings that come with that, but, but, but we don't want all the, all the other baggage that comes with that. We don't want you telling us how to live our lives. We don't, we don't want you being the one that we have to depend upon. We, we want to do these things ourselves. God says, Jesus says, I wanted to gather your children together the way that a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Have you ever tried to bless someone who didn't want to be blessed? You ever tried to share the gospel with someone? Have you ever tried to to help someone, to keep someone from making a terrible mistake that everybody and their brother saw coming, and they didn't want to hear it? Of course you have. Jesus says, that's what I see when I see my creation. I'm trying to impart wisdom that goes far beyond anyone in this room. I'm trying to, to impart protection and blessing that goes far beyond what anyone in this room can do. But so much of the world is saying, thanks, but no thanks. And they will miss the greatest blessing. And their story will not. It will not come to a good ending. It will be cut short. We talk about that God who saves, who will keep you, and who will save you. Turn your Bibles to Psalm 25. Psalm 25. It's a psalm of David, and, and, and you know, I mean, by the very nature of the psalms, David was someone who knew a lot about the ups and downs of life, and 
David always saw the hand of God in the ups and downs of life. But, but I read this song and, and, and I just wonder how often when I'm struggling in life do I approach it the same way that David did. To Thee, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O oh, my God, I trust in Thee. Do not let me be ashamed. Do not let my enemies exalt over me. Indeed, none of those who wait for Thee will be ashamed. Those who deal treacherously without cause will be ashamed. Make me know Thy ways, O Lord. Teach me Thy paths. Lead me in Thy truth and teach me. For Thou art the God of my salvation. And for Thee I will wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, Thy compassion and Thy loving kindness, For they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions, Lie according to thy loving kindness, remember, remember thou me for thy goodness' sake, O Lord. For good and upright is the Lord, and therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in justice. He teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and truth to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. It's a pretty beautiful psalm. If you could think about the, the places that we find ourselves, it may be the places that we find ourselves in our life. It, it, it may be those situations where we feel like the devil is just really doing a, a number on us. It may be, it may mean that everything in our life seems to be going good, but that we come to a realization that we have a sin problem. We can't do anything about it. David shows us that we turn to God and we trust in God. God, you show me your ways and I will walk in them because you are the God that saves. Friends, if you have a need this morning, I know it's highly likely that there are some here who are overwhelmed in your life. I know that it's not just likely, I know it's the reality that there are some here this morning who are lost in your sin. And you have before you an opportunity. For those who are not in Christ, an opportunity to come and be born again. For those that sin is ruling your life, an opportunity to come and to repent. For those who are overwhelmed, an opportunity to come and pray to a God who can actually do something about it. I don't stand here pretending to know all the ways of God. But I do stand here as someone striving to share with you the promises of God. That He cares. And that what He wants is to walk with you. If you will let Him. You come this morning as we stand and as we sing.